You're listening to a Dulahan Productions podcast. Listener discretion is advised. Bobby, when you think Rhode Island, what is the first thing you think of? Rhode Island? Mm-hmm. Nothing, because there's nothing there. You don't even think of Family Guy? No. <laughs> I don't think Family Guy, I don't think of... I think of roads that go to nowhere. <laughs> roads that go outside to an of Rhode island. island. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, Bobby, I think of the Arnold Estate also called the farm on round top road stop on you don't think of that or as most people would know it as the conjuring house you didn't think of that i absolutely <laughs> did you did not stop <laughs> on to the people okay we're not here to lot of them we're here to give them the cold hard facts as we drink cold beer <laughs> fair but i also do really like the movie that i'm about to mention what can we see find in oh. the house that was depicted in the 2013 film The Conjuring? Let us investigate the history and the legend of The Conjuring House. So pull up a chair, join the circle, and let's introduce ourselves in this weekly meeting of Alcoholic Anomalies. I'm your host, Jason Sparks, and as always, I'm joined by my co-star, Bobby Strickland. Mm. <laughs> I feel like you're waiting. Oh, absolutely, I was. I think that's going to be a, my new intro. I just cracking open a cold one. <laughs> Brandon, what I was thirsty. <laughs> Haven't mentioned this yet, but welcome to the season two finale of Alcoholic Anomalies. We made it. It's it's kind of surprising we've came this far, but as we were discussing before recording, Bobby, that. It's kind of weird for us to already be at the season finale. We we even took a break, and it but it still feels like we just started, and we're already here. Yeah, I mean, for me, I thought we just got started with the season whenever I was in the hotel two weeks ago, which that might be just my brain uh, failing me, but <laughs> <laughs> I thought that All was the first episode. Yes. Don't melt your brain. Could have swore that was the first episode that we recorded <laughs> for the season, but uh, as you just reminded me, all the episodes that we recorded, I was very wrong. <laughs> yeah, we we literally ran through the list, and and Bobby, I think, was like, "Oh yeah, we we did do those, didn't we?" Yeah, I forgot. I, was, I went to the beach during all this. And <laughs> yeah, we recorded while you're at the beach. Yeah, like a lot has happened since we yeah. started, and it's it's just weird. It's weird just because it feels like we just started, like you said. Yeah. You forget that we did all these things. <laughs> right. It's very easy for us to just be like, oh, yeah, that was a thing we did. <laughs> what happened? What is it? And and so I, I want to kind of go ahead and jump the gun a little bit. So I am going to work on a, uh, a bloopers reel of season one and season two. Some of the stuff we, we clip out and anything and we don't leave in the core episode. And uh, honestly, I think whenever I go back and, and re-listen to those episodes and everything, I'm be like, oh, wow, yeah, I, I totally forgot all that, you know. Yeah, let's, uh, let's 
not make it too bad on his whoopers. <laughs> Please. Oh, it's, it, it, it's 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 still going to be the content that's not going to get us canceled. So don't worry about that. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> I I do want Dual Hunt Productions to continue on, and as well as Alcoholic Anomalies. So let's yeah, not going to get us canceled say, yet. Jason likes to make some very crude comments in there that uh would get us really canceled. Okay, as if. <laughs> As if someone in the most recent few episodes, I've had to tell I can't keep that. So, I mean, you could have kept it, but he decided not to. Now you're talking about one of the several things. Hey, one of the several. That's that's one for something, you know. It's uh, at least it hits something. You know, it could be O for a thousand. Yeah, but if I'm I mean, one for nine hundred ninety nine, that's a lot better. <laughs> you're batting for something <laughs> not much <laughs> it's not much but it's honest work exactly so we still will have our season finale episode of legends following uh the tuesday episode coming out on thursday but for our core episodes this is it baby season two in the bag are we gonna do another happy hour type deal <laughs> Uh, Circle After Hours episode, yes. Happy Hour, same thing. It should be called Happy Hour. <laughs> okay, just because that was your idea and I went with my idea. <laughs> Go on live stream it on uh, Instagram. Instagram live. Um, about that. Nice to you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As the producer of this show, I'm very surprised at the moment. <laughs> The good old face reveal. Yeah, we meant to do that like ages ago, and I think we forgot. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> no one wants to see our ugly mugs anyway, so. No. <laughs> nope, that's no. why we do this without video. <laughs> it's totally not because our Wi-Fi just does not have the capacity to do it. That's not the reason at all. Nope. <laughs> so to go ahead and jump into the Conjuring House, or as I'll call it in this instance, the Arnold Estate, was constructed in 1736 and still stands an authentic colonial-style home. The house has withstood the test of time along with surviving the American Revolutionary War and the American Civil War. So I do find that, you know, kind of kind of fascinating on its own, just being a history buff, being able to go see this relic of time, essentially, from even before the United States was the United States. So on... Right off the get-go, I was automatically fascinated. That's the demons keeping their home safe. <laughs> I'll be coming around here. <laughs> Ain't nobody messing with this place. You can shoot in the yard, just don't shoot the house. Just don't shoot the house. You don't get messed up, you shoot at the house. So in 2019, the house and the 200 acres associated with it sold for $439,000. Which, honestly, I'm like, dang, that seems like a good deal. For, you know demonic house well when was it though 2019 2019 um hmm but it's also rhode island so i mean what what is there to do in rhode island well just wait bobby because it recently sold for 1.5 million dollars oh they must have flipped that house real good uh <laughs> might have done some reparations to the nope nothing to it Nothing, nothing. Nothing. No timber cut. No, nothing. Nope. Nothing to it. Hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, a little little bit of a price hike, you know. I know I know COVID has had its impact, but uh, well, there's that inflation that we keep hearing about. That nine percent, I swear. That that's that's that Dollar Tree price of a dollar twenty five coming at you live, man. So the property had been owned by eight generations of the same family, but when you think of the Conjuring House, you think of the Perrin family. Roger and Carolyn Perrin bought the house in late nineteen seventy and moved in with their five daughters, Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cynthia, and April. The parents immediately started to notice that something was odd about the house, whether it be objects that would go missing or turn up in random spots, the sounds of scraping along the walls, or even piles of dirt being found in random rooms. Say piles of dirt? Mm-hmm. I guess they're trying to keep it clean, you know? They're sweeping it up. At least it's in a pile, but I mean, if if the, I had just got done mopping or sweeping, and then I come back into the room, there's just a pile of dirt. I'm be like, okay, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> I just did this room. We like it dirty in here. <laughs> <laughs> that that loud, noisy construction you're using that you keep calling a vacuum, we don't appreciate it. Keep down in there, guys. We're trying to sleep. We're trying to sleep. <laughs> We're trying to do some hauntings. <laughs> we're trying to give you some knocks in the night and that loud ass machine is just not doing it for us you can't hear me we're planning our next attack keep it down <laughs> or, or maybe they're just afraid it's gonna suck them up do some ghostbuster shit <laughs> you gonna call not them <laughs> not them so the girls supposedly noticed that there were other things inside the house other than their siblings and believed that most of them were harmless. The girls believed that they smelled the stench of a rotting corpse, that their beds would lift off the ground, and that their father would always complain of a chill following him as he went into the basement. Well, I mean, that's just the basement for you, though. It's always going to be cold in there. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I, I can sum up. You, you open up the door... And, you know, that, that chill from the suction in the windows in the basement or anything probably is doing it, so. And then, you know, girls, you know, really just kids in general, just have the wildest imagination that their bed just lifts up off the ground, you know? Kids yeah. just say the darndest things. Yeah, you know? <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. The house isn't really haunted. The, the thing that they're seeing that's inside the house, the siblings are just little crickets that are just jumping through the floor. You know? <laughs> well, there's my, carrying around. There's probably a possum that got in the furnace, and that's why it stunk. You know, that's probably what it was. Just died in there. Exactly. <laughs> that's all that is. Yep. Well, with that being said, Bob, we can just go ahead and wrap it up. You know, all right. Well, it. we'll see you uh, next season. <laughs> <laughs> we love all our listeners. Bye, guys. <laughs> no, we'll keep going. So it seemed that Carolyn was the main victim of whatever hateful spirit still remained in the house. Andrew Perrin, the oldest sister, wrote a book called House of Darkness, House of Light, and discusses her time staying within the home. Andrea said, quote, Whoever the spirit was, she perceived herself to be the mistress of the house, and she resented the competition my mother possessed for that position, unquote. She going up to the dad, boy. <laughs> She's like, man, if I kill this bitch off, then, you know, the dad's all mine. <laughs> He's a good looking fella. Oh, gosh. 
I'm gonna be his mistress. <laughs> Not just the mistress of the house, mistress of Mr. Perrin here. <laughs> that man's got a wife, a mistress, and a baby mama. <laughs> <laughs> they call him the big P for a reason. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> big Daddy Perrin coming at your life. <sighs> <laughs> The ghost in the film, The Conjuring, is that of a witch named Bathsheba. 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 And her full name is Bathsheba Sherman. And Bathsheba was, in fact, a real person. Bathsheba was believed to be a witch and a Satanist by the local town folk in the 1800s. Her and her husband had a child that died at a very young age. Well, I guess this really would be very far from, uh, was it Roanoke that had all the witch trials and stuff? You're thinking of uh, Salem, Winston Salem. Ah, uh, yeah, same thing. Uh, both in Virginia. Uh, <laughs> I mean, both in a not, different state. But they're, it's still not too terribly far, like geographically from each other. You're correct, colonizer. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm gonna take the wind and just not even note what the was later said. You are absolutely right. <laughs> So it is believed that upon investigating the infant's corpse, that a pin needle had been inserted. Oh, into come his... out! Come out! Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> it was a baby. Yeah, it's a baby. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> her and her husband yeah. had a child that died at a very young age. Yeah, no, I, I didn't catch any of that. <laughs> <laughs> that selective hearing, Bobby. Oh gosh! Well, I should stand up to go lock my door, my front door, because I forgot to do that. Whenever I said that, and I was letting you talk, and I was right up there, locked it, came back, and then all I hear is, "Uh, yeah." So whenever they found the corpse, they had pin needles stuck in it. <laughs> You're like, I missed something major here. I'm in danger. I'm in danger. So as I was saying, it is believed that upon investigating the infant's corpse, that a pin needle had been inserted into the soft spot of its skull, killing the child. Bathsheba was found innocent in the death of the child, but the locals had all but damned her. They believed that she used the child in a satanic ritual as a sacrifice, and others believed that she had as many as two to three other children who had all died mysteriously, but this take cannot be confirmed. But it also can't be denied. Exactly. <laughs> Two sides, same coin. So how is Bathsheba connected to the Conjuring House? It is believed that she eventually proclaimed her love for Satan and cursed the surrounding lands before committing suicide. However, this belief is partially debunked as Bathsheba died of old age, or at least this is what records dictate. Well, here's the thing, though. If it's surrounding lands... Why is it just this one particular house that's like very well known for all the hauntings? There's a lot of space in between everything. I mean, yes, it's 200 acres, but <laughs> there is there has to be another house somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah, most certainly. But I think it's I think whenever we get to it, I think it's the other negative energy from the Conjuring House that someone such as this would be able to latch onto. Hmm. So we will get to that. So Ed and Lorraine Warren were eventually contacted by the Perrin family to help them uncover what was really going on inside their house. 
The Warrens were paranormal investigators, with Ed being a self-professed demonologist and Lorraine being a self-professed clairvoyant. Lorraine, through her investigations, believed that the demonic entity was in fact Bathsheba, especially after the fact that Carolyn shared with her that while laying on the couch one day, she had a spasm in her leg before feeling a sharp pain. Carolyn looked down at her leg and saw a small pool of blood forming, and upon looking at the wound, believed it was the wound that would have been caused by a large sewing needle. That's just her sciatic nerve. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> so it is stated in Andrea's book that she looked around trying to find something such as a bee or, or anything similar to the sort to try and find out what it was that had happened to her. And for the most part, she kind of put it up as it was nothing, but... After having this discussion with Lorraine, Lorraine believed it was Bathsheba. Oh, and put it up as nothing. You don't just start bleeding for no reason. I mean... <laughs> Do you bleed for no reason? I mean, besides a nosebleed or something like that? Yeah, you know, the, those pervy anime moments. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> start bleeding profusely from the nose. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe maybe she just has, you know, that, that, uh, that, because... that skin condition. Well, my thing was, you know, you said that. It's like, okay, she gets, a, like, a spasm. She grabs it, like, trying to, like, stop it. Because that's what I do whenever I get spasms. I grab it, trying to get it to stop, and, like, rub it. But she might, like, pinch it or something like that. Whenever she did that, started She might have pinched it? Pinched it. <laughs> I would agree with that if it weren't for the proclamation that it was such a tiny indention. How big do you think a pinch is? It's bigger than a pin needle. No. <laughs> Bobby, I've seen your lineman hands. It's bigger than a pin needle. Yeah, mine. <laughs> You're talking about a poor little girl, you know? It's a grown-ass woman. <laughs> <laughs> she got these uh, meat claws, though. <laughs> take take me back to the Wallery Mansion there, Bob. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're coming with us. Oh, God. <laughs> so the Warrens returned to the house several times to investigate, and one of those times they performed a seance in the house. During the seance, Lorraine attempted to contact the spirits, and in doing so, seemed to have become possessed, began speaking in tongues, and her and her chair were lifted up off the ground and was eventually thrown across the room. Well, you know what they say. Play stupid games, get stupid prizes. I don't know why you yeah. never want to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not a, probably not a fun time for all those involved. Here, you know what? Just sit here. We'll do you like we do, uh, what is it, Jewish traditions where they pick you up on your birthday in the chair? Yeah. So, yeah, we're going to do that, except uh, this time we're going to get thrown against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get yeeted. <laughs> So as a result, Roger kicked the Warrens out of the house, believing that all of this was too much for Carolyn's mental health. Andrea Perrin recounted watching this event take place, even though she was told not to. The Perrins stayed in the house years after this event and did not move out until 1980 due to financial reasons. My thing is, you know, you're going you're gonna to be able to sell that house because you got land. 
Um, you know, you don't even have to sell all the land. Uh, sell half of it. You still got a hundred <laughs> acres. <laughs> go be like the colonials, man. Just chop down some wood, and there you go. Yeah, we're gonna leave this place. <laughs> yeah, we're getting uh tortured every night, but you know what? We're not gonna leave. We're just gonna stay here. We can't afford mm-hmm. to move out. Um, you know, can't afford to move to different states. Can't you know find another job anywhere? Yeah. Uh, know how the job market is right now? It's just down. Apartments Can't aren't a thing. Nope. <laughs> you know what? I think I'd much rather just live here and be tortured by things I can't see every night than go live somewhere that might be a little bit dangerous, like hear gunshots every night, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I'll just yeah. stay here. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it reminds me of that meme of the uh, the dog as the house is on fire, and he's just like, this is fine. Everything's going to be okay. It's fine. <laughs> it's okay. I'm going to move this fire over here with the rest of the fire. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of discuss some of the, uh, the negative energy that remained within the house. So before Carolyn had contacted Lorraine, she had discovered that several instances of death had occurred at the house. So and you I'm didn't want to look at that before you bought the house? <laughs> I mean, probably should have. <laughs> uh, especially with a really old house like that, yeah, you probably want to. It's yeah, bad realtor for not disclosing that information. <laughs> oh, well, I do have to let you know somebody did die here. Somebody? Well, multiple people, but yeah, <laughs> okay, <laughs> somebody's, uh, <laughs> and they're buried uh, right there. Ah, cool. Uh, no, just don't go in the basement. Uh, <laughs> yeah, whatever you do, don't go in the basement. So a murder had occurred at the estate. Several children had drowned in the creek on the estate. And several people had committed suicide in the attic by hanging themselves to death. Yeah, I think I would have sued that realtor if if I discovered that I'm living in a house that all that happened in. So you're looking at, you said four kids drowned? Five kids. Oh, oh, kids that drowned. It it just remarks at several. Oh, so more than one. Okay, got it. I Uh, I, I always associate several as four more. Yeah, because I mean, a couple is two. A few in my mind is three, and several is greater than that. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, four there. We'll we'll call it four. Have people hung themselves in the attic? Several. Another four. First of all, why are they hanging themselves in the attic? Mm. it'd be really weird if they all did it in the exact same spot. Because then I would say, like, okay, there is something paranormal that's leading them to do this because it's all taking them to the exact same spot. So if you look at the actual house, so it, it's between 3,000 and 4,000 square feet, but I do believe that's also taking into account the basement. If you look at the house, the house is pretty small. So I do have to imagine there's not much space within the attic. Yeah, I don't know. That's just that's just really weird to think about. Like, why in the attic of all places? Yeah, and like you said, it, it really kind of lays credence to is is something calling these individuals to the attic to commit this act there. Yeah, because I mean, it just, like I said, it just doesn't make sense. And then, like the same and, thing with the kids, like going to the creek. Um, you know, something drawing them out there, kind of like what we talked about with. Well, we didn't use this episode, but like the lights in Louisiana. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some drawing them. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and that's quite possible. And my thinking too, not only is it several individuals who drowned, several individuals who hung themselves, but you still have to lay credence to the fact that eight generations of the same family stayed in this house. So more than likely, you know, the kids were told stories about, you know, their potential uncle or, or what have you, cousin that had sadly drowned in the creek. So be wary of the creek, don't go near it. Or also the tragic instance, which is suicide of, you know, a family member uh, hanging themselves in the attic. And then lo and behold, another family member does the exact same thing. Or if you take the cult aspect of it, of like what it could be. Mm-hmm. of like was it the 27 club that like it was like very well known now like what mm-hmm. if it's kind of like the same thing where like once you get to a certain point in life you have to do this say that again <clears throat> like the you no know, the 27 club that everybody talks about now you know what that is i do not so the 27 club is like so i believe it's a little uzi vert is like a big member of, like big believer in this oh yeah yeah i know what charles, it is. is it charles manson and that's like just like a tradition thing. So yeah, maybe or maybe even further into the cult aspect of of all this that they need, you know, a generational sacrifice. And congrats, you you drew the short straw. And so you're going to be the sacrifice. Yeah. But to continue on, because we've, we've gotten dark and dreary. Um, yeah, this is writing it up a little bit, you know. <laughs> so the uh, the current homeowner does allow for tours and overnight stays in the conjuring house why would you want to stay the night (laughs) why wouldn't you want to stay the night all right you go ahead i'll (laughs) sit in the truck i'm gonna have to find uh some some crew members to uh to go with us so i'm not alone in the house um (laughs) so on their website theconjuringhouse.com they have some of the history of the house their bookings, and even evidence that paranormal investigators have found while visiting the house. I'm actually looking it up right now. Conjuringhouse.com? Yep, theconjuringhouse.com. Good old wood-style house. <laughs> Told you. Old, old colonial, colonial style. The house that started French. I don't know, that house, does, it's, it's not very tall, it's long. Yeah. Is the basement outside? Can you get to it? No, there's. I think there's a door. Inside the house. Well, I'm just seeing like there's something out in like the front yard, but I can't tell what it is. Guess we'll just have to go and find out. Hmm. hmm. I'll go tour it. I, won't, I may not sit at night. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pump you full of Red Bull. You'll be wide awake the whole night. Gosh. <laughs> and so, Bobby, unlike some of the other places we've in- investigated, this place is actually very affordable. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. You know, a one-hour day tour for 25 bucks. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, um, hope to let you know, but the weekly investigations are full. <laughs> oh, the weekend investigations are full for the remainder of the year, Bobby. I already looked. <laughs> you already looked? <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, gosh. And they're not booking 2023 yet, so. Oh, gosh. Well, it looks like you can stay in the house every single night. Mm-hmm. 8 p.m. to 6 a.m. 6 a.m. or 6 p.m. to 8 a.m. No, that's close. Uh, 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 I found one. Thursday, September 1st, you can go. 
It's yeah. Cool. The, the the further out into time, the weekend with the weekdays are have some availability. All the weekends are covered though. Yeah. Uh, so Bobby, when are we going? I'd like to tour it. I wouldn't want to do the. Uh... <laughs> so Bobby, I do want to mention that uh, they do have on their FAQ that uh, alcohol is not permitted on the facility. So darn. Huh. If you need to rest, bring a sleeping bag or blankets and a pillow. Yeah, I don't think I'll be uh, able to fall asleep in the uh, country <laughs> house. But who knows? I think it'd be kind of funny to uh, to get in there and be like, you know what? This this is actually kind of kind of quaint and cozy. I I don't mind this. Yeah, that's when they get you. <laughs> yeah, uh, give you that false sense of security, and then gotcha. Uh, but Bobby, I do want to mention as well. So one of the daughters, the eldest daughter that I keep mentioning, Andrea Perrin. So she moved out of the house in 1976 whenever she had graduated high school and, you know, was was ready to move on uh, on to other things. And so by the time she was able to move back in with her family, they had already moved out of the conjuring house. And interesting enough, she actually says that she loved that house, that that house was home to her. That was her envision when she thinks of her childhood home. She thinks of the conjuring house. And she even thanked the, I want to say it was the previous owners. It might be the current owners for allowing her to go back and visit her childhood home. I mean, I get that though. Cause I mean, <clears throat> I mean, where I grew up didn't have anything like this, but, mm. uh, I, all the stuff that goes on in that house, like I couldn't imagine living anywhere else, like where my parents lived anywhere else. Right. So that's where they suck you in to keep there forever. Right. To keep feeding off of you. Again, that that false sense of security and some of the um, fictional liberties that Hollywood took with the movie The Conjuring that I do kind of want to note is while the the Warrens did have multiple instances of going into the house and investigating uh, essentially after the seance like i said roger kicked the, the warrens out and essentially they did not come back um due to uh, carolyn's mental health and so after that scene you know it, it's full-blown fictional with uh ed warren committing a an exorcism uh upon carolyn and so all throughout the, the Warrens' years as paranormal investigators, they never once believed in doing a exorcism themselves. They were demonologists and a clairvoyant. They only gave exorcisms and would even contact the Catholic Church to perform an exorcism because the only people who are properly trained in doing so are Catholic priests. And they're not Catholic, are they? They're Catholic but they're not Catholic priests. Hmm, sweet. And the reason for Catholic priests being the specific people to commit exorcisms is because there is so much that can go wrong within an exorcism, not only the loss of the person who is possessed, but also the potential possession of the people trying to enact the exorcism. And so within exercising a demon there's always two individuals present the priest and his assistant and so both people have to be 
chaste in heart and have no sin weighing on them, no no thought of doubt or anything. Because if they do, if they do have any of that in their heart, then the demon will essentially jump from one victim to the next. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. Yep. And there are instances you can look up of exorcisms that have gone wrong. And as a result, the person that they're trying to exercise does, in fact, pass away. Yeah, so uh, I'm good on watching that. Um, yeah. And fun fact for you, Bobby, there's actually, within the Catholic Church, a school specifically designated to train priests to become, to be able to perform exorcisms. So when are you going to start doing that? I am not a priest. So you can go become a priest. Not no. That is not my call to do. I am called to get drunk and talk about ghosts. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's, uh, I don't know. I, I think I might sit night there one time. But, <laughs> but, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think I'd much rather do one of the tours there I just got done looking at them. There is something that you can do where you can collaborate with a different paranormal investigator, like a professional investigator instead of us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Are you saying we're not professionals here, Bob? Because we're not. <laughs> <laughs> they do it every Tuesday, Thursday, and Wednesday night mm-hmm. from like 7 to midnight. Mm-hmm. I think I'd be more inclined to do that than just us by ourselves. <laughs> Yeah, probably. Just because they got all the equipment and everything, too. Yeah, and they're, they're going to kind of teach us the ropes, you know. <laughs> no, we ain't got to learn the ropes. We're just here to find stuff. <laughs> We're just here to find stuff. <laughs> we don't need all your your scientific dude heads. It's not called fishing if you're actually catching. <laughs> <laughs> Roll tie, Paul. <laughs> we ain't investigating. We're finding we want the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> so we're bringing Tom Cruise with us. Got it. But did you read? Have you looked at that? What? Like no. those different investigations they do? No. They do put a disclaimer on there that they want to be authentic and that um, they'd much rather you not see anything than fabricate something. So that kind of makes me think that there's nothing that goes on. Well, I feel like that's that's the right attitude to have as an investigator, right? It, that mentality of if I go seeking to find something, I'm going to find something. Or if I go seeking to find nothing, I'm going to find nothing. And so your brain's going to fill in the space either way. But that's my thing is like I think there's like nothing that goes on. If they're having to put that disclaimer in there. Because if it's as haunted as people say it is, it should be active 24-7. Doesn't matter if you're doing the hour tour or if you're doing a 12-hour tour. You know, Bobby, there's there's a great way for us to find out, and that's for us to go. Well, I'm guessing that's the trip that you're wanting to make next year? Because I can't go this year. No, I can't either. 2023, baby, here we come. Are we going to do multiple days? That's the question. Because I'm not going to for a day. <laughs> oh, we're absolutely staying the night, Rhode Island. I'm not. I'm not trying to bebop all around real quick. 
place that we can fly. Well, I'm sure. Uh, I'm not driving 34 hours to get to freaking Rhode Island. <laughs> I'm not driving 34 hours to drive through a state that takes literally 10 minutes to drive through. Oh, gosh. Come on, Bobby. It's only 18 hours and 15 fucking minutes. <laughs> Look up how long it takes you to drive from one end of Rhode Island to the other. <laughs> Rhode Island takes about one hour to drive through, and that is <laughs> diagonal across the state. <laughs> so the you said diagonal? <laughs> so the longest possible route that you could possibly take. Rhode Island is only about 37 miles across. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to drive 18 hours to drive through a state that takes an hour to drive through. <laughs> it, it, it takes me longer to get to Huntsville and cross more distance to get to Huntsville, which is in the, also in the northern part of Alabama, <laughs> than it would for me to go across the entire state of Rhode Island. Well, no wonder there's not any other houses that are haunted in, and uh, yeah. there's the only house in Rhode Island. <laughs> they own all the land there. It's them, and then there's some part with Cohog and Peter Griffin. That's it. <laughs> well, Bobby, with that being said, any final questions, concerns, comments with the Conjuring House? No, I think we're good on this one. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. And, and like I said... We will still be having our Alcoholic Anomalies Legends episode coming out, and then following that, we'll be doing our, our Q&A kind of roundtable discussion episode, which is uh, Alcoholic Anomalies, or, yeah, Alcoholic Anomalies After Hours. So. Happy Hour. Nope, it's already <laughs> called that, and I'm not changing it. Come on, make it happy. It's happy time. As, 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 as the person with the power to name it, no. <laughs> But I'm not coming. <laughs> I'll get Hunter to come. Be like, so Hunter, uh, I know you haven't listened to any of this season, but let's recap. He's <laughs> like, what is going on? He's like, I don't even know why I'm here right now. I'm serious. I don't get fired. <laughs> Honestly. Well, Bobby, with that being said, I'll let you close this out. All right, guys, so um, we appreciate y'all helping us have another successful season. As we talked about earlier, it just flew by. We're excited to see where the next step of our journey is going to be. But before we let y'all go, we just want to give y'all just a few disclaimers uh, to make at the end of each episode. Uh, We ask that you please don't drink and drive. Um, If you do have to go out, please get a designated driver or an Uber. which Uber sponsor us because we're uh, trying to do some business. Um, but <laughs> um, also, if you or a loved one are struggling with suicide or depression, please call the United States National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. Or they do have a three-digit number you can call now. It's 988. Help is available 24-7. Love you guys.